Welcome to Beyond the Bridge with psychic medium and animal communicator, Samantha Jones. We are glad you are here and hope you enjoy the next hour where Samantha and her guest will help connect you to the magic of the universe, as well as to your loved ones and pets, both here and beyond the bridge. And now, Samantha Jones. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. I am your host, Samantha Jones, and I'm so glad that you are here today. I hope that you are all having a wonderful February 22nd. This is a great manifestation day, 222. And imagine how amazing that manifest manifestation would be if you see 2.22 p.m. or a.m. That's pretty cool. So manifest today because it is a great day for that. Uh, that is if you're listening live. So before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to talk about something really quick. So last week, I decided that I wanted to post a survey just to see how everybody felt about this show, you know, what you guys wanted to see in the future, what kind of guests and and that kind of thing. I posted this in my free reading group on Facebook, which is uh, Free Pet and Psychic Medium Readings with Samantha Jones, and then also on my Facebook page for my business, which is at Beyond the Bridge 11 on Facebook. And I received a bunch of responses, and I'm so thankful for those responses. So I wanted to just talk a little bit real quick about what was said in there by people. This was completely anonymous, so I don't know who said these things. But a couple of the things that I had asked in there was suggestions for show topics. And some of the things that people had mentioned is anything and everything to do with animals, which I love. We will definitely talk about that a lot in future episodes. Also, things like reincarnation and past lives, Reiki, angels, aliens, crystals, um, some of the other great suggestions, Dolores Cannon books, Sylvia Brown books. A lot of these things have been talked about. I've talked about them with my husband on my other podcast, Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses. So you can also go back there and listen to some of those episodes about this. But I'm definitely going to take these into consideration because there were some great suggestions there. And then as far as guests go, I really loved what you guys had to say about the guests. Uh, Like I said, this is anonymous, but one person, they said, I think having ordinary people on who have had extraordinary experiences would be the most interesting. To understand what a person experienced would help not only them, but many others who could relate. I think that is a fabulous idea. So if there's anyone that is listening that has one of those extraordinary stories, let me know message me. Uh, You can email me beyondthebridge11 at gmail.com or message me on Facebook or Instagram, any of those places, because I think that's a great idea because a lot of times when we're going through something, we don't see what's actually going on. It takes retrospect and um, people can learn from your experiences. I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of us have these experiences is so that we can learn from each other. So I really like that idea. So again, anyone that is interested, uh, you know, send me a message. And I, I get a lot of the times that people say, oh, I don't know if I want to be on the show because I'm nervous and blah, blah, blah. And I totally, totally, totally understand that. But trust me, it's an amazing experience and everybody that's come on my show so far has been nervous and they have said that they've had a wonderful time and that their nerves went away typically after like the first segment so don't be shy in that respect 
some uh, some of the other guest suggestions were my husband, Danny, which is wonderful. He actually was already on one of the episodes, which was the Finding Your Passion and Purpose episode. But I will definitely have him on in the future, too, because we work very well together. Um, a few people that I'm not familiar with were put into the suggestions as well, spiritual people that I'm going to look up. And if they're interested, absolutely have them on. The ones I found the most interesting, and these came in several times, were Aaron Dowdy, Tyler Henry, and Julia Cannon. And I would love absolutely nothing more than to have these three people on my show, but my level of celebrity at this point is probably not up to what they require to be on your show. Uh, But if anybody knows these people, uh, hint, hint, maybe you could help me out. But I would love to have any of them on my show. And you know what? Someday it's very, very possible. Uh, Tyler Henry is really hard to get through. I've actually been on his waiting list for a reading for a couple of years. So I can't imagine how long it would take to get him on the show. But uh, thank you so much, everybody that filled out that survey. It's still there for you to fill out if you're interested. And there were also a lot of really sweet comments in there because I asked if anybody had things that they wanted to let me know or, or questions for me or whatever. And there were some really, really sweet comments. And I just want you all to know that I appreciate those so much. They um, help me to keep doing what I'm doing because sometimes I do get negative messages and those are hard. So the positive ones definitely help. So thank you so much for that. So last week, we talked about the Rainbow Bridge. And one of the things that I got from a lot of people after doing this episode was that they're interested in communicating with their own animals. So that's what today's episode is about. This episode is So You Want to Talk to the Animals. And I love to talk about this. This is not a topic like I've talked about this in the podcast that I have with my husband and everything, but it's not something that I generally like teach yet. I'm hoping that I'll be able to. So this is kind of a new thing for me too, to try and guide people on how to do this because really like for the last five years, I've been really, really developing these abilities myself. And so I feel like I'm just now really getting to the point where I can say, okay, here's some really good techniques on how to do this. So let's get into it a little bit. Okay. Because Honestly, communing with communicating with animals is really rewarding and it's really fun, but it can also be mentally challenging. So what first of all, what is animal communication? Animal communication is using telepathy to have a conversation with an animal, whether that animal is living or past. Telepathy is actually called the universal language, which means feeling another soul and spirit over a distance. All animals, including humans share these telepathic feelings with one another in order to communicate. You may notice this yourself where you, you know, if you have a spouse or somebody that you're close to that you have the same thoughts at the same time, a lot of the times this is like telepathic communication. So we can do this with our animals as well. My job as an animal communicator is to basically act as a bridge between you and your pet by tuning into the feelings and translating them for you to answer your questions about your pets. And there is absolutely no reason why people can't do this for themselves. It's just something that we all need to learn how to do. I tune into a pet by viewing a picture of them and getting their name. This is information that functions like tuning into a radio. It's like tuning into the animal's own call station, basically. 
Uh, we're all energy. And because of that, time and space are completely irrelevant to communicating telepathically. So when I do sessions, I can do them anywhere, uh, in person, from a long distance. I actually have clients all over the world, Australia, Africa, Thailand, it, you name it. I'm in the United States and I have them completely on the other side of the world from me. So there are no limits to how you can talk to animals telepathically. Animals use telepathy themselves uh, combined with verbal cues because they can, you know, bark or meow or whatever their verbal cues are and body language uh, to communicate with each other. Animals are intelligent. They are empathetic, free thinking and feeling creatures. So this is completely natural for them. For us, it's who it's awkward for. Communicating with animals is very important because people misunderstand their animals all the time. And this can cause a lot of frustration in the home and a lot of situations that can be avoided as well. Humans who are not able to speak the, this language to the animals or consider the animals' viewpoints can make the animals feel sad and annoyed because they don't understand why we're not communicating with them on their own level. Many animals have actually told me that they find humans very difficult. We are reactionary and we overreact a lot. And that can make them very nervous and a lot of other emotions come along with that. So there's a lot of different things that come along with the communicating with animals, why we do it and all of that. And we will get into that. First, I want to share a little bit with you about what brought me to this point in my journey? How was I able to communicate with the animals? If you've listened to the po this show and my podcast, you've probably heard some of my stories before. So sorry if these are repeats. But, you know, when explaining how this started, I always want to go back to the first time that it happened to me. And that was when I was about seven years old. I had a little dog, a dachshund named Ripple, and Ripple was pregnant and I had a bunch of friends over and I was kind of worried that she was going to get hurt by like us playing and stuff. So uh, I stopped everybody from playing and I sat down on the ground with her. And in my head, I just said to her, please go to your doghouse because I'm afraid that you're going to get hurt and I'm worried about your babies. And she literally turned around and walked to her doghouse and laid down. And, you know, coincidence. OK, you know, as a seven year old, that's probably what I thought. But I also remember feeling like ooh, superhuman powers. But I don't remember having a whole lot of these experiences until like my early teen years. And then I started recognizing more and more that I was I knew what these animals were feeling, what they needed, what they were thinking. But I didn't understand the fact that I was communicating telepathically with them. I just thought that my knowledge of animals was building and I was reading their body language and just using things that are, you know, logic like I would just think okay I'm looking at this dog and I'm feeling something but that's logical everybody would see that well no that's not the case but I, I didn't realize that when I was oh, I don't know my early 20s I want to say my ex-husband's aunt uh, and I started talking about this I don't even remember what brought up the subject but she had mentioned that what I was doing that she felt that this was called animal communication and that she had been to an animal communicator years ago and bought these tapes on how to do it yourself. And so she loaned me the tapes and I listened to them. This was obviously a long time ago because talking about cassette tapes here, that's like, oh, I don't know, the end of the 90s. Uh, that ages me. Uh, but I listened to them and I, and I learned how to kind of do this on command. And at the time I was working volunteer work as the education director for the Nevada Society of Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. 
And the president of that group asked me if I wanted to practice on her dog. Excuse me. So I did. And she didn't tell me anything. She just sent me a picture of her dog and, um, or let me look at a picture of her dog and gave me the dog's name. And I, the first thing that I remember seeing about this was that the dog was in a crate at the end of the the bed of the, the owner. So at night, the dog slept in a crate. And he didn't like sleeping in that crate and wanted to sleep outside of it. And there's no way I could have known that. I didn't know this woman at all. I had only seen her at a couple of meetings. And she told me that was right. She told me that he slept in a crate at the end of the bed. And I blew my own mind at that moment. But at the same time, I still felt like, nah, I didn't. I did. That's not special. I just, I guessed that. <laughs> I mean, how do you guess that? But that's what I thought because I was thinking there's, there's nothing special about me. Like how could I possibly be communicating with animals and doing it this quickly? But I kept practicing. I kept working with like my family's animals and uh, neighbors animals. And I was doing pet sitting at the time. So I started advertising and doing this work for them there was one point where I had a newspaper article that was written about me and about this work that I did. And a lady had contacted me about a dog that her roommate, her former roommate had. And when the roommate moved out, they uh, she moved out on really bad terms and took the dog and the lady was really, really attached to the dog. And so she hired me to communicate with this dog that was in Florida, if I remember correctly. And, um, the emotions that I remember feeling during that particular session were really what made me think, okay, there's something to this because this dog was basically like, leave me alone. Like I'm happy where I am because this woman was like totally over the top about the dog. And I was like, why would a dog actually, you know, why would I feel this from them? Because I wasn't feeling that from the woman I was feeling from the woman, like the dog wanted to be with her as much as she wanted to be with the dog itself. So this really got my mind going about that. Okay. Maybe I am doing this. I didn't use it with my own animals. I refused. I even told people I can't do this with my own animals because I didn't want to. I was afraid that I would miss something, which I still, I guess I still am to a certain extent, uh, you know, afraid that uh, there might be something wrong. And because I have that emotional attachment, I might not see it. There's also there was also the cases where things would happen with my animals and I wouldn't know that they were coming. Uh, and and that still happens. And I feel like that happens because these things are supposed to happen and that there's nothing that I can do. And so if they tell me ahead of time, then it's just going to make things worse. So I've learned over the years now that I can communicate with my own animals, but I still I actually still turn to other animal communicators when one of my pets isn't feeling well or something, or when I feel like I'm not connecting well, or I need a second opinion, because sometimes it's just a second opinion. So I, I use animal communicators myself. Nothing wrong with that at all. So let's see, what else can I tell you about my journey a little bit? So I've been doing this now professionally for five years. I actually had moved back to California. I'm from here Originally, I moved back here about 13 years ago. And when I did, I decided I didn't want to do this anymore. I just wanted to kind of get on with my life and do completely different things. And this is really emotional work. So I stopped doing it for a long time. And then about five years ago, my other abilities opened and it all happened really, really quickly. And of course, I was like, well, I can't just have psychic abilities and talking to spirits. I want to talk to the animals and definitely feel like I'm at a point in my life where I can help the animals now 
way more than I could before. So that's really what I do. I I spend most of my professional work time working with animals. Most of them have passed away, but I do work on a lot of living animals. And uh, after the break, we'll get into the different ways that I'm able to use my abilities so that I can show you guys too how you can use them because it doesn't have to be professional. You can use these abilities to help yourself and your own animals, to help your family and friends. You don't have to want to be a professional animal communicator to do this. However, there's a lack of animal communicators out there. And so if you're interested, of course, there's nothing wrong with that. We could definitely use some more animal communicators out there. All right. So let's go ahead. And before we get into more of this, take a little bit of a break. Let me say, if you have interest in things that I don't cover in this episode today, on the podcast, Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses, episode 33 48 and 154 are all similar to this. They're about learning to communicate with your animals about the different things that the animals have told me about, about this process, all of that. So you might find some more tips there. Uh, So yeah, let's go ahead and take our break now, and then we will come back and talk more about this. So stay tuned, everyone. We will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Have you ever suffered grief from the loss of a loved one or pet? Do you ask yourself questions like where did they go and what are they doing? Do you have guilt for things left unsaid or feel the need for answers about the loss you never received? Join Samantha Jones, psychic medium and animal communicator, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where her and her guests will discuss all things beyond the bridge. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests? Or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. 346-9141. Now, 
Back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for being here today. Today, we are talking about animal communication and talking to the animals, one of my favorite subjects to talk about. So as far as how this can help you, the average person that doesn't necessarily want to be an animal communicator, how can this help you? First of all, with talking to your own animals, you can figure out a whole lot of things that you're probably not getting by when you're not talking to them. Some of the examples of those things, health issues. If you notice that your animal just isn't feeling well one day, you can ask them what's wrong. And a lot of times they will tell you exactly what's wrong. Most of the time, actually. Um, Also, I mean, that goes way deeper too. when things, you know, if, if they're really, really sick or like if they're in, let's say that they're in the animal hospital, even you can communicate with them while they're there and check on them. Ask them if there's anything they need. Ask them if there's anything that they're not getting, you know. Uh, When you go away, when you go away on vacation, that is a big one. When I'm getting ready to go on vacation, I do a couple of things. So first, my sister comes to take care of the animals and she stays here with them while we are gone. So I prepare them that she's coming and they love her. So they're, they, that's not a problem at all, but they get really excited about it, that, that she's coming. And then I tell them, you know, she's coming here to watch you because we're going on vacation. And I tell them how many sleeps we're, it's going to be while we're gone. So, you know, it's, if it's three nights, then I tell them it's three sleeps that we're going to be away. And all of this prepares them for that. I talk to them while they're away. I check in to make sure that they don't need anything, that, you know, there's no issues or or whatnot. And it really helps not just them to be more comfortable when I'm away, but it helps me to be more comfortable when I'm away too. Also, preparing them for a trip to the vet because animals don't really like going to the vet, do they? Uh one of the reasons they don't necessarily like going, and a lot of people have this, they don't like to go in the car, is because they don't know where they're going. So if you're taking them out somewhere and you can tell them, hey, we're going to the dog park or we're going to grandma's house or whatever, then they know they're not going to the vet and that helps them to calm down. But on the flip side, when you have to take them to the vet and you have to let them know that that's going on, it helps them on that side too, to know what's going on. Why are they going there? What's going to happen? Just like with a child, it just makes things easier. If you hide things from a child and all of a sudden you show up at the doctor's office and they're sticking them with needles, chances are they're screaming and crying because they have no idea what's going on. But A lot of times if we explain these things to our kids, it calms them down. So it's the same thing with the animals. They like to know what's going to happen. So this helps them with that. Even moving. Uh, When we moved into this house, we let the dogs know as we were getting closer, we're going to be moving to this house. We started bringing them over here as soon as we could, but they saw the boxes and they don't know what's going on, you know, what's happening. So we can tell them we're all moving to this new home and that helps to calm them down. How I mean, there's so many other ways, honestly, like I could sit here all day and tell you the different ways that I'm able to help my own animals with this, explaining life issues, explaining changes. There's so many. But as far as how I'm able to help others with their living and past animals, and these are things to keep in mind, too, when opening these abilities is um, when it comes to the, the animals that have passed away, 
One of the biggest things that people ask, and we talked about this a little bit last week, is are they okay? So I'm able to explain to them they are okay and and explain to them what's happening on the other side. Now, that might be a little bit more advanced animal communication, but it's absolutely possible. It's possible for anybody to build their skills up to do that. I can also tell people how their animal passed away. This helps in a lot of different ways because sometimes they just don't know. Sometimes an animal might die at home and they and they don't, uh, you know, do a follow up, do a necropsy or anything to try and find out what happened. So I can tell them or if they did have a diagnosis, but maybe they don't believe the diagnosis, then me telling them what I'm feeling before they even tell me what the diagnosis from the vet was will either confirm or deny what the vet was feeling, which helps because a lot of times people are like, I don't, I don't trust what they said. It doesn't make sense. And so it really helps to kind of put some closure to that type of situation. It helps with the blame when it comes to grief, because that's something so much that we deal with in the grief is blame. Um, We can also prepare the animals to cross over. So when it's time for them to go, Uh, Like, for example, I get a lot of people that, you know, they're taking their animals to the vet to be put down and they want their pet to know what's going to happen. This calms them down in so many different ways, not just because they know where they're going, but because they know what's going to happen. The other day I did a reading for a lady and I felt so bad because her dog was really, really stressed at the vet when she was getting ready to put the dog down. And she felt like the dog was trying to tell her that it wasn't ready to be put to sleep. And that wasn't the case at all. The dog was feeling, first of all, the emotions of the owner, because that's a big thing. They feel us. They know that we're sad. But also they took the dog into the back to put an IV catheter in and that stressed her out. So we had to kind of get into these emotions so that the owner knew that it wasn't um, the actual passing that caused her to act that way. She wasn't scared to die is the point because they're really not. But we can prepare them for what's coming next. Help in locating missing pets. Uh, This is something that is really difficult to do. I do a lot of this in my work. Uh, when it comes to the missing pets, they can show me things that are around them, what they've seen. They can tell me if they're, you know, still alive or if they've passed away. And that definitely helps with the, the cases of missing pets. Also adjusting to a new home. If you rescue an animal and you know nothing about that animal, this, I've done this for myself, even with, with one of the dogs we've rescued you can help them adjust into their new home. I I love doing this because it helps when like there's something that maybe a dog is doing that you rescued an, any animal really that you that you rescue they can tell me what their issues are, why they're feeling the way that they are. A lot of them are just so confused because they've been moved around. Maybe, you know, they they had an original home and then went to a shelter and then a foster home and then to you. And they don't know if you're the permanent home or what. So these are the ways, the things that we can explain to them, just a brief list of the things that, that we can explain to them and the ways that animal communication can help us to work with our animals. Animals are always open to communicate. I have never been shut down by an animal completely. I've had ones that have been a little bit hesitant, mostly cats, but for the most part, I've never, that I can think of, had an animal that's like, no, I'm not talking to you. This is something I wanted to put out there for the people in my free reading group as well, because a lot of people assume that if I don't get to their reading in my group, it's because I can't connect to their animal. And that's not it at all. It's that I get like, 
50 requests a day and I don't have time, unfortunately, to get to all of them. So that's all that that is. It's not that I can't connect because once you learn how to connect with one animal, you can communicate with them all. It's just like speaking English. You can communicate with anyone. It just depends, I guess, on how you know willing they are. But animals, they are really open to it. And they're, they don't tell your family secrets or things that, that you as the owner would rather keep private. They don't tell me those types of things. So you don't need to worry about it. I mean, if there's something that's going on, if they're being abused, then okay, yes, because that's something I should know. But if you and your spouse are, you know, if your spouse cheated on you and and they're not going to tell me that they're not going to tell me those kinds of things because it's none of my business. So I know that a lot of people worry about that, about me picking up on like super, you know, family type stuff doesn't happen. Let's see. So this differs. I want to put this out there too. This differs the animal communication from psychic ability. It's not psychic ability. It's something completely different, but it still falls into the same realm. Telepathy is basically a conversation between an animal and a person or an animal and an animal, person and a person. Uh, but this is where uh, I use my telepathy abilities, I guess you'd say, to communicate with the animals. I don't use my psychic abilities. The psychic abilities are more like my higher self or the universe giving me answers to questions. So let me give you an example. If someone asks me what's physically wrong with the animal, I will usually get two answers, one from the pet and one from my guides or the universe or whoever it is. The pet tells me how they're actually feeling, what hurts, where it hurts, how long it's been hurting for, whatever I asked them, that that's what they tell me, uh, what the pain is like. But what I get from the universe is entirely different. That's where the diagnosis comes from. Animals cannot diagnose themselves. So that information has to come from somewhere else. So like you can't diagnose yourself. You have to go to a doctor for that, just like animals have to go to a vet. But even if you, you know, had te telepathic abilities, you still wouldn't be able to diagnose yourself. It's the psychic abilities that do that. And not all animal communicators are psychic. So just because you open these animal communication abilities, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be opening psychic abilities. Does it make it easier? Yeah, I think it does, because I think you get the idea. And what we're doing with spirits on the other side with the with souls, it's it's telepathy. It's the same thing because really you're you're connecting to the soul. It doesn't matter if it's animal, human, or whatever. That's what you're connecting to. So that's the difference between what you might get from an animal as compared to when you're using your psychic abilities and hear things like the actual diagnosis. I use this a lot, and I try and explain this in missing pet readings because I if. I only get psychically certain things. Uh, I'm not good with names. These are things that I'm still working on, like street names and stuff like that. I see what the animal sees. So they tell me like, um, you know, I passed by this brick wall and it was next to, you know, a whole bunch of trees. And then there's a park, those types of things. That's what they tell me. So that's what I go off of when I do the Miss Pet readings. And then sometimes the other stuff comes in psychically. These abilities are not a quick fix. They're not always the solution. No one can make your animals change if they don't want to. So if you're asking for a behavioral issue to be changed, sometimes that problem isn't with them. Sometimes it's with the owners, the situations, the way that they're being taken care of, diet, background, breeding, training. There's so many different things that can cause animals to 
act the way that they do. They always do what makes sense for them, though, from their viewpoint. Our job is to discover what their viewpoint is so that we can work with them and in helping to resolve their problems. But we can't expect just like we wouldn't with kids that they can solve their problems on their own. So with these abilities comes in that kind of like me being a third party almost, okay, well, what's the issue, you know, with the dog? And then the owner tells me and we work it out. But it's not about telling the dog, you do this and you do that or the whatever animal it is, you do this, you do that. That's not how it works we have to work with them to find the solution. Um, so let's see. These all these abilities also are not something to abuse. They're not something to um, take lightly. Communicating with animals, spirits, it's, um, it's divine, obviously. And when we are provided these kinds of abilities, we're given them to use the right way, not to try and scam people, not to try and hurt anybody. Um, so... I always like to say that when, if you're going to open these abilities, not that I'm saying anybody wouldn't, but it happens, you know, use them for what they're supposed to be used for, which is the benefit of the animals. That takes me to that one thing that is very important about these abilities to open them is you really need to love animals. You really need to feel a deep connection to them. If you're somebody that's just like, meh, you know, I could take it or, or, you know, I kind of like dogs, you know, don't really like cats, whatever. No, you have to really have a love for animals because you have to let go of that human mind that tells you that animals are not intelligent, that they're not, that they're all these things that we were raised to believe they are, which is, you know, just here for our amusement or or whatever. Um, That's not it at all. They are here for purpose. They are here to help us along our journey, to guide us. There's so many things. So we have to respect them. We have to be open to what they can teach us because they are teachers. So letting go of any of those kind of feelings about animals in a negative way is absolutely very important before trying to open these abilities. You also have to be open and trust yourself. Because and the universe, because if you don't trust what you're getting, then how do you how are you going to believe it? You know, trust is very, very important in this. Um, Let's see. Okay, we have a few minutes to break. Okay, so I have a lot more that I want to get into here about this. And I didn't really want to start on this next section until we come back from break. So I'm going to tell you one thing before we go to break. And then when we come back, we will talk about how to communicate with these animals. And if we have time, I'll even do a brief example. So if you're with your animal, I I will try and get this to that point. And then you can maybe try a little bit. So uh, in a minute, we'll go to break. But I wanted to share something. I don't know if I've shared this before. I am actually starting a new program. And what it is, is monthly membership packages. And so for one price, you get a bunch of different things. So like, uh, I just started this, so I'm kind of playing with it still. But for example... This month, just starting out, I did a package that was $150 for the month. It included a 30-minute reading, uh, a Reiki and energy healing. It included, if you have a missing pet, I work on those. In all these packages, I work on those for free anytime if your pet becomes missing. Um, There's other things in these packages as well. It goes up in price where I do tarot readings. So like once a week, I'll pull tarot cards for you to tell you what is to come in the week. Also, uh, like spiritual guidance, things like that. 
So this is up on my Facebook page. Uh, I'm not sure if it's up on the website yet because I'm still making tweaks to it. But yes, it is. Actually, you can go into the scheduling page and you'll see the monthly packages in there and what they offer and the price there. So if you're interested, let me know. Like I said, every month I'm going to like play with these a little bit and see what people like the most because I love doing this. I love being able, this helps me to connect to my clients on a deeper level because we talk more often and we can solve issues better that way. So so if you're interested, send me a message beyondthebridge11 at gmail.com or visit my website, samanthajonespsychicmedium.com. So when we come back after the break, we are going to talk about how to communicate with your animals. My hope is that after this last segment of the show, some of you will be able to start working on this. And by next week, some of you will be able to tell me that you've been successful. So let's go ahead and take our break. We will be back in just a moment, everyone. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests? Or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141 That's 888 888- Three four six nine one four one. Now, back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back, everyone. I am so glad that you are here. I am so excited about this topic. I love talking about it. I could, I could sit here all day and talk about this. So let's get into how. How do you communicate with your animals? Okay, the most important thing 
and this was the very first place that I start. So I'm not, I'm not just saying this is learning to meditate. You have to have to have to clear your mind. It's there's no way around it. As you get more and more into this and you understand it more and you learn more about your your own cues and and how to know that you're connected, then it's not such a big deal. Like I can communicate with animals without meditating now. But at first, this was really important in those tapes that I was talking about. Meditation was the very first thing that I did. So like I said, if we have a few minutes at the end, we will do a brief um, meditation and try and communicate with your animals if you're around them. Um, But if you need more guidance on meditation, my other podcast that I have with my husband, Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses, episode 101 is meditation, grounding, and shielding. I highly suggest you listen to that episode. We actually, at the end, Danny plays the guitar and I do a meditation. And so we can help you right there with learning how to meditate. So check that one out. So other than meditating, well, really, let's talk about that for a second. Let's just talk about the meditation. Meditation, I think, gets a bad rap because we think that it's something that it's not. It's not about sitting Indian style, cross-legged, sorry, um, and, you know, going, um, it's not about that. It's about clearing your mind. It's about all of those things that you've been thinking about all day, letting them go, letting them go, even if it's just for a few minutes. So how do we do that? We have to shut our brain off. So in order to shut our brain off, we meditate. I prefer to listen to music. I don't like at first, honestly, I would sit on like a meditation pillow, cross-legged with my meditation music and wait for something to happen. And it wasn't happening. So I was given the suggestion by my guides to meditate in the shower. And so this works perfect for me. I turn music on, I do my whole shower routine. And then by the time that I'm done with that, the music is kind of like taken over and I'm relaxed. And so I shut my eyes and I just let myself go. I stop thinking about all of the things I'm thinking about, even if it's just for a couple of minutes. One of the the techniques that works best for me when I'm having a hard time meditating is picking out different instruments in the songs that I'm listening to. And again, this is going to be different for everybody. My technique might not work for you, but this might work for some people. So listening to a song and then picking out the guitar, picking out the piano, the vocals, whatever it is, you pick that one thing out and you listen to it and you put all of your focus into it. That gets rid of those, those thoughts, those thoughts, the everyday thoughts. But then you'll like drift off, right? Your thoughts will go and you have to bring it back. Meditating for any more than I would say five minutes when you're first getting started is way too much. 30 seconds is plenty. And then you work your way up because I've heard a lot of people like when I ask them this question, like, how long are you meditating for? I don't say, are you meditating for five minutes? I say, how long are you meditating for? And I love the answers that I get. Some of them are a half hour. And I'm like, dude, I can't even meditate for a half hour a lot of the times. So yeah, baby steps with that. But again, episode 101 with on the Spiritual Philosophy Chatter podcast will help you more than that. Then after you are meditated and your mind is feeling better, If you're with your own animals, I would suggest going and sitting with them, uh, petting them, relaxing with them, uh, just, you know, enjoying their company, kind of getting into their headspace. 
If you're not using your own animals and you're using like a friend's or family's and you have a picture, then you want to tune into that picture. So I look directly into the eyes. So anytime I do a reading and I ask for a picture, I want to see the eyes because that's the, the eyes are the windows to the soul. So it helps you to look into to the animal. I don't think it's necessary if you're with your own animals to stare them in the eyes. Um, it might even creep them out a little bit, but you know, making eye contact isn't necessarily bad, but you want to find that connection. Okay. The way that it feels when you've connected to an animal is going to be completely different for everybody. I can't tell you exactly, I can't even describe to you exactly what it feels for me, but it's kind of like when you're using like a CB radio, you know how you would hold the button for the CB radio and then let go and the other person would talk to me. There's like a click like that. Uh, and and I feel it when I'm connected. I feel this sense of calm. It's almost like my third eye feels different too when I'm doing it. So you have to pay attention to how you feel and what works for you. Everything is going to be different. So from there, I would say um, probably best to like jot down if you want to take notes, like have a little, you know, your phone or a pad of paper there and jot down everything that you're feeling. What is this animal showing you? What if you don't know the animal, like say it's it's a friend's pet or whatever. Uh, in my readings, I usually start with personality, different personality traits about them. So you can ask them, uh, are you active or are you you know, lazy? And they'll tell you what they like to do. Uh, what's your favorite food? All of these things they can show you and and teach you about to help that help you to know that it's them. Um, really, the main thing here is practicing. There's no way of doing this without practicing. Uh, whether it's on your own animals or on other people's animals, and you're not always going to be right. And that's what's going to help you to know where that click is that I was talking about, that feeling, the feeling that comes over you when you are connected to them. So like if you, let's say that you're you know talking to a friend and you are looking at a picture of their animal and you start telling them these things and they say, no, that's not my animal at all. Well, then you know you're not connected. So take a little while longer to meditate and and feel that. Feel how you feel and then try again. Eventually, you will start to understand what it feels like when you are connected. Um, One of the things that you need to be careful with is confusing your own thoughts. And to me, this is where I feel like it might be easier to communicate with other people's animals before learning to do it with yourself. Again, everybody's different or by yourself, everybody's different. So you do what works for you. But for me, like I said at the beginning, I didn't even communicate with my own animals at first because I was afraid that I wasn't going to hear their thoughts, that I was going to hear my own thoughts. So you will learn over time to recognize what is yours and what is theirs. And that will help because like a lot of us, I know we're we're so attached to our animals And sometimes we might think that we hear something that, you know, that that concerns us, but it's our own thoughts. It's our own concern for, you know, their future or whatever. So this takes time to decipher what is actually their voice and what is yours. Um, Information that you receive from your animals might come in in a plethora of different ways, including thoughts words, pictures. They, for me, I get pictures the most. They will just show me the images. So I did this reading yesterday 
And the lady asked me um, what one of his favorite things to do or what one of his favorite things was. And what I saw to me looked like um, like a bolt, not a, like, yeah, I guess it was a bully stick, uh, you know, like a long, thin stick that they chew on um, or like like pepperoni, something like that. It was actually actual sticks. So sometimes I will see just the shape and the color because that's what I saw. I saw something that was long and brown. It was an actual stick, not a bully stick. But my brain instantly goes to bully stick because I figure that's what they chew on. Like why I didn't even think of sticks. So we get those images sometimes and then we have to put together what these mean. And that can be difficult. And that's why having somebody else to work with where they can tell you, oh, this is what you're seeing. Uh, It's not, you know, a bully stick. It's actual stick. So that's, um, yeah, so we got the images. Uh, let's see, what else? Um, words, they will, you might just hear words. You might feel sensations in your body. You might hear different sounds. Uh, like if your dog is is looking for you, like let's say that you're not even home and you're out doing something and all of a sudden you hear your dog barking in your head, it might mean that he's trying to get your attention. They do that, absolutely. They will also send you their emotions, Um, they're things that they know, things that they see that they want to show you, um, smells. I get smells a lot when one of my dogs needs to go out in the morning. A lot of times he will tell me and the way that I know is because I can smell that he needs to go to the bathroom. And it's not that he has gas or anything like that because he's not anywhere near me. It's him letting me know it's time to let me out. And it's a very strange way for him to let me know. So, uh, that's my Black Lab Sabbath that does that. And he wasn't a real good communicator at first. Like he didn't really like it so much, but he's gotten better with it over the years. But one of the things that he will just randomly do is say his name. All of a sudden, you'll just hear Sabbath. My husband, too. He hears it, too. So like really random, like, OK, well, what? what? <laughs> you know, and then you have to kind of go and figure out what's going on. But there's so many different ways that they will send these messages to you. So we have to be open to anything. And that's why I say keep notes. Keep a list of what you're feeling, what you're seeing and hearing, because that will help you with your practice. Different ways of practicing. Some of the things that have helped me along the way. uh, One of the first things that I remember helping me to learn about the click was when my great Dane was a puppy and we would leave the house and had to put him in a crate when we would leave. So he needed to go out to go to the bathroom before we would leave. And there was this one day that uh, we were getting ready to leave and he was just not going. And I knew he had to go. He was just really, really super distracted. And I'm trying to tell him, Zuma, go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. But I'm saying it out loud. And then all of a sudden I'm like, what are you doing? You're an animal communicator. And I, I shut my eyes and I tuned into him. And what I did is I sent him a picture of him going to the bathroom, what I wanted him to do. And he went and did it. He immediately went and peed. So that is one way to practice by giving them kind of, you know, cues of how, uh, you know, to, to know what it is that you're seeing there, what it is that you want from them. Uh, let's see. Oh, no, we only have four minutes left. And I didn't get to do my brief example. Well, let's see, because I got so much other stuff here. Let's go over this real quick. Um, Let's see, work with a friend, have a friend help you offer to help a rescue. Um, Because rescues, they oftentimes have animals that they could really use your help. And this is a great way to practice because you're not going to get paid. So it's not doing it, you know, like for work, you're just doing it for practice. So that's a great way to do that. 
Um, how to know if it's actually working. If your pet does what you ask them to do, you know it's working. Uh, or if your friends and family confirm the things that you're seeing, feeling, hearing, all that stuff, and trusting yourself. So I want to do it real quick. We got three minutes, so let's let's do this really quick. Um, so, and you can play this back later because it comes up on on demand. So everybody that can do this right now, if you're in the car or something, don't. But you do it later. Take some deep breaths. Relax a little bit. Release your jaw. Lower your shoulders. Whatever you need to do to try and relax. Uh, you're going to need probably longer than this in the future. But again, this is just a brief example. Now, in your head, picture the animal that you want to talk to. So I'm picturing my great dame, Zuma. And I'm trying to think of how he feels right now. What is he doing? What is he feeling? And then I ask him, what, is there anything that you would like to tell me? And the first thing, yeah, of course, the first thing that I hear from him is take this bandage off my foot because he has a bandaged foot. So you'll start to get visions or hear things, write them all down, write all of those things down. Uh, and then just continue to work on this a little bit. See if you're able to do things like getting them to go to the bathroom, like what I was talking about. Um, you will learn how to tune into them with your third eye the more that you practice this. And if you need help practicing, I would be more than happy to help you. Just shoot me a message, Facebook Messenger or email beyondthebridge11 at gmail.com uh, or Facebook is beyondthebridge11. Find me there. I would love to help you. I can send you pictures of my own animals and you can tell me what you think. And that's one way, because I know that a lot of times it's uncomfortable to ask friends and family to help you with this. And you know what? We'll talk more about this in the future. Uh, I want to do an episode like this on talking with spirits as well. And so we will do more of the examples on how to do that because unfortunately today's show is over. Like I said, I could sit here and talk about this subject all day long. But I hope that you all enjoyed this. I hope that it gave you some things to work on. Um, go out and work on it a little bit this week. Send me a message so I know how you're doing. And uh, I will meet you back here at the same place next week, same time, or of course, on demand, if that's where you listen. Until then, everyone have a wonderful day, wonderful week. Peace and love. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. We hope you will join Samantha and next week's guest for more eye-opening ways to connect to the universe. Until next week, peace and love.